If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's your Daily Dose of Donna, and today is Tuesday, May 2nd. Welcome. Today's a very exciting day because I see that, you know, we're one hour, well, it's 10 a.m. when I'm recording this, 10 a.m. Pacific time, and at 11, I have my very, very exciting Zoom masterclass where I've been talking about it for the last few weeks, all about how to grow your own podcast with video, so I've been spending some time and creating slides for that, and... I was thinking, do I not record Daily Dose until after that? But I know how I get when I record these, like, or when I do live classes with people. I I put all my energy into it, and then I get really tired afterwards. It's almost like the adrenaline rush. And then I'm just going to want to chill because, you guys, I have a cold. Cue the violins. I have a cold. And this is so sad because I have not had a cold knock on. This is not wood. I have not had a cold for like over 10 months. And I was convinced it was because of athletic greens. And maybe it really is because of athletic greens because I drink that athletic greens every single day and they won't sponsor me or anything. Although I would, I mean, they only sponsor like the big deals, right? They only sponsor the 1 million and up type people. But I love athletic greens and I was convinced that saved me from getting a cold. And now I have a freaking cold because that's what happens when you have kids and you're living your life and it's okay, I'll get through it. I didn't sleep very well and I woke up and I didn't go to my 5.30 a.m. workout like normal. Um, I did go to a hot yoga class because I do feel the need to sweat. And I do feel like it helped. Um, Okay, you guys, May 2nd, we have some interesting stories today. You know what I realized? Well, oh yeah, before I get into it, I just want to do a quick reminder to join the Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna Facebook group. Love the conversations and meeting you guys there. Uh, Darlene is saying over on TikTok to try some tea with honey and lemon. Yes. You know what? I hate tea. This is a soup. As someone that serves the tea over here, I am such a not tea lover. And I think it's because tea reminds me of being sick, like a cough drop right? It just gives me that feeling of being sick. So I'll do hot water and lemon, but tea is just, I'm I'm not on it. I'm not on the tea train. And if I should be on the tea train and I'm missing the boat, I want you guys to let me know. Like I can do a chai, you know, a chai latte. I can do any of those like sweetened lattes at Starbucks or whatever, you know? Um, Yes. Kids are walking Petri dishes, unfortunately, you know, along with being everything else. Last night we were at a baseball game. It was so damn cold. You guys, you know my feelings about Los Angeles. I, I've turned this show. This show is also a weather show. 
this is not just a reality and pop culture and celeb gossip show. It's also weather in Los Angeles show. And I can't deal with the weather in Los Angeles. I can't deal with the fact that it's May 2nd. I am wearing a sweater. I am cold. It rained yesterday and the wind last night. And I always think about when I was a kid, my mom used to always say, my mom, you know, Jewish mother was always like, Donna, it's so cold outside. You're going to get a cold. And I was like, that's not how you get a cold. But last night I was literally so cold and now I have a cold. So maybe moms are right. Okay, you guys, uh, some interesting stories. I want to talk about, you know, I'm getting a lot of comments over on YouTube asking about my casting career. And I was thinking like, do I want to do an entire episode just on casting or do I want to bring some, you know, things up or maybe I'll do a special, you know, episode just on that. I'm interested what you guys are thinking, but here's a good tie-in. So if you are, you know, online at all and you're on you're following celebrities that are in the TV landscape. Maybe you've seen that the Writers Guild of America, WGA, officially went on strike today. Um, or last night they they called a strike. And this is the first time in 15 years, the last time there was a strike for the writers was 2007. And it lasted 100 days. And people may not really understand like the ramifications for the industry. What happens when a TV writer when the writer's union goes on strike. Because what happens is most shows that we're watching, obviously, they start in the writer's room, okay? Especially, now, reality shows are a little bit of a different caliber, right? Because reality shows technically aren't written by writers. They do have producers that kind of like technically are writing, I guess, but they're not union writers. Um, But scripted shows have, they start in the writer's room. That's where the pilot episode gets written and then they do the casting and then they keep going that way. The The base of the show is the writers. It then goes to casting and then to production and then, you know, props and makeup and hair and direction, et cetera, et cetera. But it starts in the writer's room. And so if the writers are going on strike, it's going to put the industry at a standstill. At already a very very challenging time in the industry and life, right? Like with inflation and just people are struggling more than ever right now financially. But that is part of the reason why the writers are going on strike is because with all the streaming giants that are out there, the Netflixes, the Hulus, the this and the that, you know, they're just not getting the kind of, uh, the kind of compensation that they should. You know, the producers and the corporations, they're getting the crazy amounts of money. And then the writers are kind of getting screwed. Now, I am no longer in that industry, like I said, but I was a very new casting director in 2007 when the first writer strike or the last writer strike happened. So I'm just going to set the scene because this is kind of an interesting, fun entertainment story. So it was 2007 and I had just gotten the the – the green light from Disney to cast Sweet Life on Deck with my partner, Brandy Bryce at the time. Brandy Pollock is her name now. And we were supposed to cast the new show, Sweet Life on Deck, which was the the spinoff of Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. And Zach and Cody, if you guys remember, Dylan and Cole Sprouse Disney show. And they were living, and this was with Brenda Song and Ashley Tisdale, and they were living in a hotel, the Tipton Hotel. And then Sweet Life on Deck was all of a sudden taking these kids and putting them on some sort of school at sea, like like a cruise ship. And <laughs> so crazy to think about, right? 
And so we were there to cast the new best friend because Ashley Tisdale had left the show and we had to find someone who we eventually found was Debbie Ryan. But we were in the middle of casting and all of a sudden strike. And remember, like, if you're a casting director and you don't have a script to cast, like, you're done. So we could not work for a long while. They basically gave us a few extra weeks to cast and then they kind of shut down production in every respect. So Brandy and I, all of a sudden, were out of jobs, right? And we really didn't know what to do. And then we got a call from this guy. His name was Chris. And he was running a company that was producing some of the first, remember, this is 2007, web series. That's what they called it, web series. Now, now, if you have a show on YouTube or if you have a show online, it's not even a web series. It's just a show, right? Like, there's no one calls anything a web series anymore because everything's online. But 2007, it was a web series and it was a really short little show and it was a great um, – I should like try to find my notebooks on it, but it was a great series that basically had uh, this idea of like, um, it was kind of like a breakfast club. Do you guys remember breakfast club? It was kind of like a breakfast club and it was um, like a murder, not a murder mystery, but like a whodunit. Like a, it was detention mixed with breakfast club, mixed with like a whatever. And it went back and forth flashbacks. And we got this call and they were like, we don't have any money. We have no money. We don't know what we're going to do, but we want to cast this show. And we here's what we have. We can give you guys very little money. I mean, I think we did the whole thing for like $1,000. I mean, we were just so desperate to work. It was 2007. So I was 26 years old. I'm trying to find you guys. I'm trying to find the name of it because I know I'm looking up one of the the actors, which you guys are going to like the story once I find it, if I can actually find what this thing was called. Okay. So it was the most, like we had no idea what we were doing situation. We literally were just trying to figure out, you know, how to cast this, how to do this web series. There was no union. There was no rules. And we were bringing in actors that were willing to to work for like literally $100 a day. I mean, when I tell you it was – oh, wait. I think I remember the name of it. Hold on. Um, there was no money involved. But no actors had any um, – had any jobs, right? They didn't really know what to do. Like they didn't have anything else going on. You guys, I found it. So it's called My Alibi. And it was this whole story basically about these kids. Apparently they ended up casting eight or producing 18 episodes and you can still find it online. It was by Take 180. Well, we ended up bringing in a young Alison Brie. And if you know who Alison Brie is, Brie is spelled like the Brie cheese. She ended up starring on Community. She ended up on Mad Men and then becoming the lead of the the show Glow that was just on. I don't believe it's on anymore. So this young girl, Alison Brie, comes in for $100 a day of a job and she just kills it. And we end up casting people like her, this guy, Adam Chambers, Serena Fialo, Zach Abel, who's so funny that you guys, this is really a random story. The other day I was on TikTok and I was going through... Um, you know, like my For You page. And there's a guy that comes up and I'm like, he looks so familiar. And his whole page is about how to maximize your credit card points for travel. You know, those kind of like how-to accounts. 
and it ends up being Zach Abel, the guy that I cast in the show. We also cast Gabrielle Carteris, who was Andrea Zuckerman from the original Beverly Hills 9-2-0. No one was working, so anyone was willing to take this job. And we ended up discovering Allison Brie. So this was back in, I mean, they first shot it in 2008. And in, in fact, and then another girl was Juliana Gill. So Juliana, Serena, and Allison Brie became so close from this little web series. They ended up starting a band and they were performing all over the place. So I just thought that was interesting. Out of a writer's strike, comes opportunities, right, for people that maybe wouldn't have had opportunities. However, for the industry, it kind of puts it at a standstill. And I saw it today that, um, you know, the uh, – what's it called? The late-night hosts, like Jimmy Fallon, his show is already canceled for Friday. You know, they, they don't have shows without writers. And it's kind of one of those things that you want to be in solidarity. So now it's the network and the studios against the writers. It's a whole big shebang. Hopefully it's not going to be a long one. Although people are suggesting that it may be because it is directors. Um, the directors also have a like negotiations coming up. So it ain't so good. Okay. I already decided, let's talk about the Met Gala for five seconds. And when I say five seconds, I really mean I have no interest. And I already decided that if I ever was a celebrity and I wanted to drop any like crazy big news, maybe I was going through a divorce or I was getting arrested or I was, you know, going sober and I had, I was an addict or maybe I had an affair or whatever. It should have happened. Oh, the SAG negotiation is in June, Belinda says. Thank you. I would release the news of any of this stuff the night of the Met Gala because you cannot go anywhere without seeing pictures of the stupid, sorry, I know that was mean of me to say, but to me, gala. Why, what is the significance and why, and this is someone that, like, I'm not a fashion fashionista. I'm not interested in fashion. I've never been. I like watching the red carpets for, like, the big, like, the Emmys and the Golden Globes and the Oscars because I like the movie stars and I like the show. But I'm not a fashion girl. I mean, look what I'm wearing. I'm wearing a sweater with sleeves, like, that look like pinatas. I, I literally have absolutely no fashion sense. So, when it comes to this stuff, like it doesn't interest me. And I just think it's just kooky. Like Jared Leto really showed up on this Col- Colgate looking carpet with, with a cat head. Cutest little cat head, by the way, but it was massive. It just seems stupid. So it's everywhere. You cannot escape. So that's why I'm having a hard time coming up with stories today. Because literally Met Gala is everywhere. That's all we talk about right now is Met Gala. So hopefully by tomorrow we're going to be moved on. I, I am Met gala up to here. I've, I've had an overdose on Met Gala. Um, okay, two seconds on Vanderpump Rules. So silly, so nothing. Nothing has happened. But Raquel Levis's Instagram, people were starting to say, what is going on here? All her highlights. So you know the highlights on Instagram is right above your grid. There's like circles, right, where you can put some of your saved stories and you can be like, you know, summer or my wedding or whatever it is. So Raquel had all her highlights gone except one highlight from Halloween of Tom Sandoval um, dressed up as her. And it was so weird. Like, why are you going to remove all your highlights except that? Well, she finally comes up on stories yesterday. I don't know if it was her or it was someone else, but saying, you know, Raquel is currently in a mental health facility. Let's celebrate mental health awareness month, you know, trying to kind of change the subject. She was hacked. She was hacked, and this was not her choice. So I kind of believe it. 
she can't be that stupid, right? That she's going to remove all the highlights and just put one up of <laughs> the guy she's having an affair with. Oh my God, you guys, last night, you know, you all know Lance now from the show. Last night, Lance tells me, oh, Donna, like that, Donna, I'm like, yeah. He goes, Raquel and Tom are engaged. I said, what, what? You, you guys should have, <laughs> you guys should have heard the way that I reacted. What, what, what do you mean they're engaged? How are they engaged? What do you mean? Where, where are you seeing that? He's like, hold on. I'm sending him like, where are you seeing it? He's like, hold on. I'm sending it to you. I'm like, what do you mean? Hold on. Use your mouth. Is this on Twitter? Are we seeing this on CNN? Are we seeing it on TikTok? Where are you seeing? He's like, it's a TikTok. I'm like, huh? Sends me a TikTok. And it's a TMZ article, Raquel and Tom are engaged. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I look and it was some random ass user on TikTok that posted on April 1st. I said, Lance, don't ever do this again. Check your sources. Don't ever put me through that. I said, I was going to have to do an emergency episode of Daily Dose of Donna at 9 p.m. last night if they got engaged. So mad at him. Why did he do that to me, you guys? Lance needs to check his sources. TikTok is, you cannot believe everything you see on TikTok. Raquel and Tom are not engaged. But technically, I feel like they will, and I think they should at this point, right? Because who else? Who else, right? Hey, Chris. Okay, um, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, Allison Holker. Holker, Twitch's uh, widow, you guys remember this story. This was before I did Daily Dose. Twitch, um, Stephen Boss from from So You Think You Can Dance and Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres' show, obsessed with him, obsessed with them, love the crap out of them. This killed me, you guys, when, when Twitch committed suicide uh, back in 2022, December. It was a full awful, awful, awful. So sad. And she's been kind of quiet and she started to show up with some pictures, but today she had a People Magazine exclusive where she basically talked about the fact that he was depressed and he was struggling and he was basically looking to, um, you know, find a way to be Superman for everyone is how she said it. Like he was so, and this is the problem. And I think people started to kind of assume this when they hear stories about people like like Twitch that are so seemingly happy, you know, go through such devastating circumstances is I feel like there's this almost pressure when you become a public figure and you're known for being like the life of the party and you're known for being the happy one and the one that like lifts everyone's spirits up. Like, yeah, baby, are you allowed to have a crap day? Are you allowed to show up online and say, I am hurting? Now, I wish he felt that we would have all supported. I was talking to a guy the other day, he's British, at my workout, and he said, I am never like showing my vulnerability, my insecurity to to even my wife. And I said, what? Why? And he's like, I don't know. This is just the way I was raised. Like, if you want to be a man, you don't show that. And I'm like, we're still doing that? We're still doing that because I personally like when a man can show their vulnerabilities and insecurities. And I think some like macho men out there struggle with that because they feel like it removes this kind of manliness from them. And I wonder if Twitch was going through something like that. You know, I don't know if I can show that I am struggling because A, will I lose brand deals? B, will I lose followers? C, will people think I'm a fraud? D, will people ever, you know, trust me if I'm really happy? 
there was probably a lot of business deals. He probably felt like the weight of the world, but that was all, you know, his own kind of telling probably because no one else would have felt that way. I don't think. Um, Jason on TikTok says the pressure to be upbeat is so true, especially once it's your brand. Absolutely. And this is like, I feel like we see this time and time again, right? With people that are known as the happy ones. Do you guys remember like Rosie O'Donnell? I don't know if you ever watched the Rosie O'Donnell show. But when I was younger, you know, Rosie O'Donnell had her talk show and it was just known as like the happy show. And we all know Rosie O'Donnell now to know that like she wasn't always happy, right? Like we know this. Ellen DeGeneres is another story where she was on camera hilarious and funny and loving and caring and sweet and giving. And meanwhile, I have not – I've yet to hear something bad – I mean good about Ellen DeGeneres off camera, Right. Like Ellen DeGeneres is known for being horrible off camera. It's a very common story that you hear in Hollywood, um, maybe not to her personal people. So it's an interesting dynamic. And I wonder, I really feel for anyone that feels the need to kind of be a certain way. That's why I like Jeff Lewis. Someone like a Jeff Lewis is so goals for me because in his eyes, um, Oh my God, how funny. Right when I said Jeff Lewis, Sarah from Jeff Lewis Obsessed on TikTok says, Ellen fooled me because she was so fun and lighthearted on the show. I think she continues to fool everyone and me because I freaking loved her on the show. And like, my light almost just went down. Um, Shout out, shout out, Sarah. Yeah, no, she is so incredibly uh, funny and kind and like so generous on that show. So it is very confusing. But I have heard personal stories. I've never personally met Ellen, but I've had multiple personal stories of people in the casting community, of people in the industry who have worked with her, who have met her, horrible things like salads being thrown type of things. So this is is not just hearsay. I think it's a pretty well-known situation. And it's always weird, you know? But Jeff Lewis, like what I was saying, Jeff Lewis – he is who he is, and that's for good and for bad. And he's super, and we've talked about this before, the polarizing side, but he's not pretending to be anyone. He will be in a great mood one day. He'll be in a crap mood the next day. He will be a jerk. He will be funny. He will be kind. He will be mean. And that's going to be unpopular, right? Because people like the nice, smiley, funny person. But we have to be honest in who we are. And I straight up, like, my goal in life is always to give you guys kind of fun and upbeat energy. But if I'm having a shitty day and, like, I told you guys I have a cold today and I'm kind of low energy, I'm telling you. I'm not, like, you know, taking a a strong dose of Sudafed and pretending all is good. Let's, like, uh, be honest with each other. So, anyway, that is just, like, that was a sad story. That Twitch story just broke me. Between Twitch and then the Dave Hollis story, those two deaths, like back to back, so January and, and, I mean, December and February, those like both shocked me, shocked me to my core, like lost sleep on both of them. Speaking of Dave Hollis, do you guys like how my mind works? (laughs) Like, bing, 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 bing. Speaking of Dave Hollis, Rachel Hollis has a show. Oh, and Naomi Jad, but you know what? I will tell you. I was not a big Naomi Jed fan, so it didn't really, truly, it didn't really fully like take me down because I wasn't really a big fan of hers. But I can only imagine if you were a fan of Naomi Jed. Okay, 
Rachel Hollis has a small, intimate show here in Los Angeles next weekend. So May 13th, the day before Mother's Day, a day show. And she's like, come and day drink and with your girls. And I'm going to be testing out some podcast. I sort of want to go. Tell me if I should or not. I don't know if it would be inappropriate because I'm not like a super fan, but I just want to see. And I'm like, why not? So I'm wondering if I should go or not. You let me know. Would it be like awful if I did it? Okay. Okay. So uh, Sarah says, go. Okay. I'll let you know. You'll regret not going. Oh my gosh, Sarah, I was messaging with Jameson from the Jeff Lewis show last night because I am taking my kids to his improv show, the Rockin' Awesome Improv Show on May 20th. I'm going to go. That's the plan. Um, And if you don't know who I'm talking about, Jameson is one of Jeff Lewis's producers on the Jeff Lewis live show. And I am super excited and I feel like my kids would love it. And so would I, right? Like how fun. Okay. I don't really want to get into this as my final story, but I also feel like this is a crazy story. Have you guys heard about the cash app, Bob Lee, the cash app founder, Bob Lee? It's top story on Daily Mail, which you know is my Bible. So like when I see Daily Mail and it's the top story, I read it. This is, yeah, Dylan can join them soon. That's so funny. This is a freaking crazy story. So the owner of Cash App, Bob Lee, and he was a he was an investor on tons of other apps, like very very successful man. I think was married and now separated from his wife and two kids. They used to live in San Francisco. They moved to Miami. He was back here, I believe. I don't know if his family was still in San Francisco or not, but he was visiting San Francisco. And all we know is we hear that we find out one day on the news that he got stabbed on the streets of San Francisco in the middle of the night and dies. And like the first thing everyone says is, oh my gosh, San Francisco, the crime is just awful. San Francisco, San Francisco, like putting all the pressure on just the fact that it was this random killing. Well, turns out it was not a random killing because what happened was, and I'm pulling up because I want to get all the facts right about this. What happened was he... Oh, I'm sorry, Met Gala everywhere. Like enough, enough Met Gala. So he, you know, you see this like footage of him walking through San Francisco, like trying to kind of get help after he's stabbed. It's so wild. It's so insane. I agree. So he ended up getting to the hospital at some point and they, and they, he died on the operating table, but they have just released, the autopsy has just released that he had alcohol, cocaine, and ketamine in his system. But here is the trippy part. They find out the convicted, um, the, the suspect, sorry, the suspect who is, you know, um, basically under, uh, you know, I think he's under arrest. The suspect is a man by the name of Nima Momeni. Nima Momeni, he is an IT entrepreneur and he was charged with the killing and appeared in a San Francisco court. Now here, so fine. Okay. So one guy, it was an intentional, you know, killing, whatever. Okay. But here's where it gets kind of crazy. Nima Momeni's sister 
Uh, her last name is Kazar. I just want to get her name right. Or maybe her name is Kazar. I don't think it is, but maybe it is. He supposedly had an affair with this woman, this beautiful woman who is Nima, the suspect's sister, and was she was also married. She was married, but apparently Bob Lee was having an affair with this woman, and they were both doing drugs together. And the day before he was murdered, he was at this um, this drug dealer's house buying drugs with the suspect's sister. So apparently, my guess is the guy Nima had found out that his sister and Bob were related into some sort of situation, some sort of romantic. Thank you so much, Chasing Amy. Um, They were related in some way uh, in romantically and doing drugs. And the brother clearly was not happy with that. What a nutty, crazy story is that? I mean, there's no... There's no way that he can, like, you know, come out on top here, Nima, if he gets uh, actually charged with murder, that he actually murdered someone. And it sounds like it's more of an anger because there's no, like, self-defense, basically. But apparently, she was married to this plastic surgeon, Dino. But even though she was married with Tadino, she was still romantically involved to Lee. And in one recent um, interview with the San Francisco Standard, friends have said that they had, that she had a drug problem. So basically she was asking me to buy drugs with my money, a friends with her said. Oh my God, what do you do? This sister, (laughs) this is a crazy story, you guys. The sister, well, so someone say, oh, did sister's husband put him up to it? I haven't even thought of that. Did the sister, Kazar's husband, Dino Eliasnia, the plastic surgeon, put up the brother to do this? Okay, insane and would be crazy, but the brother who actually murdered him and Bob were in a car together earlier that day. So like they were, they had a relationship. What a nutty picture. I mean, what a nutty story. And then there's a picture of the, at the brother's first court appearance on April 14th, which was just days after this guy had come out murdered. And she's standing there with her, with her fiance, or I'm sorry, her husband. She's got glasses the size of, you know, my water bottle on each side. She looks devastated because can you imagine? Not only is she drug addicted, but her drug romantic lover is now dead because of her brother. Guys, this is a this is a podcast. This is a new serial, right? We need to we need a whole uh, true crime podcast around this. All right, you guys, I'm gonna leave you here on that real high high horse fun story. Hopefully by tomorrow we have some better, more fun stories that we can talk about. I haven't watched Summer House because, like I said, I was sick and I went, watched the Succession and fell asleep really early. I will watch Summer House today. We will talk about Summer House tomorrow. Of course, tomorrow is VPR Wednesdays. And we'll have a fun talk about that on Thursday. Um, You guys, thank you so much. Make sure to subscribe, hit the like. 
Give me all the love over here on YouTube, on the podcast app, and of course on TikTok and Instagram at This Is Donna Bowling. I pref- I, uh, I hope to see you guys there. Yes, Amy, I talked about Rachel Hollis. Listen to the episode and you'll hear my story. Talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs>